Hi, good afternoon. Welcome along once again to the official Korean FC podcast. Can't believe it's another week and another another week closer to the dreaded, can I say, the word Christmas? Mm, well, well, we'll talk about that later perhaps, but um, welcome along to everybody once again. Uh, Johnny, you're back again. How's things over there? Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, Grant, not too bad. Football was hit or miss of the weekend, wasn't it, to be honest? But sure, it wasn't you. Do you, want to, do, you want to, do you want to talk about what, Man United or Rangers or both? Or? Uh, no, I don't want to about either. Fairly normal. <laughs> it's just as well you've got Corey in there, isn't it? Uh, that's it. <laughs> and I'm pleased, not only pleased, but delighted to say that joined this afternoon by a guy that um, made his debut back in 2013 and probably made his Irish League debut the year later, October 2014. Uh, 205 appearances, six goals. I would work that out an average. I was working it out today. An average is a goal every 34 games, which <laughs> is pretty good. So uh, it, it, it was also predicted on the show last week that he would score... Uh, on Friday night, and so I'm delighted to say joining us is Lyndon Kean. Lyndon, how are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, that goal record's not actually too bad, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with that. It's, it's not actually. When you look at it, it's not that bad for a, a right back, a defender, is it? I won a season, won a season, so I'll take that. <laughs> And I mentioned at the start there, we had the podcast last week. And for some bizarre reason, Johnny mentioned the fact that he thought that you were due a goal. And lo and behold, what happened? You, you step up and you take the penalty. So, I mean, quite remarkable. Uh, I'm, maybe he needs to predict that every week and then we'll see what happens. But I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I don't think it'll happen too often. But no, I was delighted. Johnny, did, could you believe it when uh, when Lyndon stood up to take the penalty and then rattled it in? It was weird because I actually said, the, I was chatting to Marty Gallagher before the game and I said, I really fancy getting a penalty in it as well. I swear to God, and he goes, yeah, well, Lyndon's on them. And then, lo and behold, we get a penalty. And I was on penalty, but I heard um, people were saying that Lyndon, after training, I think you spend the extra 20 minutes as a penalties or, or telling Garth, or telling Garth where you're going to go and then place him into that corner anyway, so. Yeah, no, great penalty. Um, four keepers when I see that one, so um, a good time to get it as well and, and to go three one ahead. So yeah, no, um, you can give me your goal bonus or a percentage. Of it. <laughs> if only I got one. Uh, you'll have to. You know, ask for one on that new contract that you signed last year or last um, couple of months ago. I might have to now if I'm on the penalties. You have to realise that. Um, here, tell us what's it like because Johnny mentioned it was an important time of the match early in the second half and. It was 2-1 at the time. Tell us what's it like standing there. You've got, obviously, the, the railway end is absolutely rammed with folk. It's a massive kick. How do you feel in the situation? Like, do you feel nervous or, or not? No, not really, to be honest. Um, I already had had it in mind where I was going to go if we got a penalty um, because I've been practising and that. And like, I think it was like five, six weeks ago, Stevie Larry missed. I knew I was on the next. So I've just pinpointed an area where I wanted to go. And sort of when I was standing there, I knew I was going there and I didn't change my mind. And it was one of them ones where I was always confident in scoring. But obviously in front of the fans and stuff, it was, it, it makes it a bit more nerve wracking, I suppose. But um, just delighted to see it hit the back of the net and be able to celebrate in front of them. Uh, equally, as you say, it's it's more nerve wracking. But then when you are successful, obviously the joy is it's much better because you've got a couple, probably a thousand people in there to celebrate with. Ah, uh, without a doubt. Uh, like if you'd have scored that last year, you'd have been scoring in front of no one as well. So obviously it makes it sweet. And I think the Friday night lights and the amount of people that was at the game, it, that's my second goal at home. But like I think my first goal at home was like five, six years ago where it was maybe only 700 people at the game at home to Carrick, whereas like Friday night just makes it more special when there's that many people in. And such an important goal. They put us like two goals in front and I thought then we seen the game out well after that. I think so. And just when Lyndon mentions that, uh, Johnny, I think we remember <laughs> a previous goal Lyndon scored actually a cracking goal. I'm sure Lyndon remembers it very well about Balamina. And, yeah. the and, there, yeah. and there was nobody there and we all felt for Lyndon because 
you score a goal like that in the derby and you don't know how to celebrate because there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, I missed a few things on here. It was a belter of a strike. And I sort of wish that both fans were there as well because I know London went up and celebrated would have been towards where fans would have been. So <laughs> I'm sure there would have been a lovely few compliments thrown his way. Um, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because Gareth, or Darren Fullerton, sorry, was in the press box on Friday and he was asking when London's last goal was. And I said to him, I was against a certain Balmina. Uh, back in February, and he just had a wee wry, wry smile. So, yeah, no, look, um, to, no, look, it was a good, important goal on Friday night, and great, great attendance there as well. And then the real way in, they scored, they scored the third goal, and the place was bouncing. And so long may it continue. Mm, and I think, as Lyndon rightly said, that once you got that two goal <clears throat> cushion, excuse me, I thought Corain's game management saw the game out very, very well. And I think one of the other highlights coming out of that. Friday night game, London was the um, the performance of Patrick Kelly, <clears throat> seventeen year old Loretto College schoolboy from Port Stewart, uh, and I think there was a, a fair few eyebrows raised when the team sheet came out and Patrick's name was on it because he hadn't started the game before Friday. He had played bit parts. Um, first of all, were you surprised that he was named in the team and London? And then secondly, just how impressed were you with his performance? Um, it kind of it's one of them ones where it did come as a surprise when Owen named the team because it's only an hour and a half before kickoff. But when you see him firsthand and what he does in training and the way he carries himself and his confidence to get on the ball and do things in training, then it's also not a surprise as well. But like his performance was just unbelievable. Like I remember my debut. I don't think it was anywhere close to like a level like that. And, I think it took him 20 minutes probably to get into the game to get such sure that there was things probably bouncing off him or he, he kicked one out of play. But once he got a feel for it, um, I think he had a shot after about 20, 25 minutes. And I think after that, he kind of realised, well, I'm, I'm in a game now and let's maybe show what I can do. And the, the way he performed after that, it was unbelievable. Um, just that confidence and getting on the ball, the half turn and... Like nothing took a fizz out of him, and and we've seen that in training, and even some of the games that he's came on as well. You see wee glimpses, but obviously starting a game it's much easier as well. And coming off the bench, it's hard to get involved. Um, so I thought the way he carried himself. I think he played ninety one minutes. Um, he covered near twelve k in the game as well, which like people probably think you wouldn't have been able to last maybe sixty five minutes and not be him off. So. The way he carried himself and the way he performed, he's he, him and his family should be be proud of him. And, and Oren mentioned after the game now he has set the bar for himself. Um, is it a case now? Is Patrick now somebody that we can expect to see starting more games than than not starting games, Lyndon? Well, it's one of them ones where. Shirts are up for grabs all the time and if you perform well in training or you perform well in matches then obviously you put yourself in the shot window they earn they they get yourself a start so he's done himself like plenty of favors by friday night's performance but again on the other hand he's only 17 years of age and you have to look after someone like that as well like even for example like a free game week you might not be able to do that at such high intensity covering 12 kilometers a game and but it's one of them ones, as I said, he's done himself plenty of favours and he's given Orn a headache. And it's kind of like a new signing now as well, like coming in, because people wouldn't really have mentioned him for even being a squad player or whatever at the start of the season. And now you look at it, he's just played against like one of the full-time clubs in the league, one of the best sides in the league and, and done very well. So hopefully he just he keeps his head down, keeps working hard and we see more performances like that. Uh, and of course you've been there yourself you're probably as well-placed as anybody within this, the team and the squad to to help advise them. And, and I believe that you travel the matches and stuff together in the car. And I mean, I'm sure Patrick must be delighted to have somebody like you that's a hometown boy that made his debut at the same similar age. And just to be able to pass on the wee words of wisdom that, that you've learned. Yeah, well, hopefully, like in the probably four or five months that we've been traveling together, that I have helped them and... He's took stuff on and like you get people that maybe think you're you're saying stuff for the sake of saying stuff or you're saying the wrong things. But Patrick's one of them ones. He's like a sponge and he takes everything in and takes everything on board. And and it's like that's brilliant. That's what you want to see because all you're trying to do is pass on something that you've went through or 
something that someone told you seven like for me seven years ago now and like all I can do is try and help and it's the same it's usually me him uh party and James that travel in the car so plenty of laughs he gets his eyes open in that car as well so but no it's been, it's probably been a good learning curve for him good experience and ah hopefully hopefully we've all helped him through it well, as I said, he's at Loretto, so I think he's getting a, a, a different education going in the car with you boys, I'm sure. But, I mean, Johnny, looking back on PK's performance, I mean, we've all seen, <clears throat> watched the game and we've seen the highlights of the goals. And I think, I mean, it was it was incredible to see just the, the maturity as the game went on, just how much, as Lyndon said, he grew into the game. And to see him holding off the likes of uh, Sule, you know, He's a 17-year-old kid, and yet he had the physical ability to hold off somebody of the, the build of Sule, and that was fantastic to see. And he just he, he had no fear at all, had he? No, um, he didn't look out of place, obviously. And then pretty, pretty nailed it there in terms of the first five minutes. He was probably a little bit quiet, but then he did. He won a corner, um, and then after that there, he, you know, he didn't look out of place. And they make your first start in 3,500 people live or on the TV and the stream. It's is just amazing. And, he also played for the reserves on the Monday night as well, um, and then went to cover 12k three or four days later. So, um, I think the hug from Warren and the, the standing ovation from the crowd um, told the story. It was fantastic, and you know, I, I love I love playing the thing on social media where I had the ball overhead of Sully, I think it was, and then John Heron and, and winning a free kick. And throughout the second half, I thought he won a lot of free kicks. Uh, high up the pitch as well, and the only thing missing was, was probably a goal. And, I think London and the boys up in the car have been winding them up about his lack of goals or something that we were we've been hearing. So no, if he'd have scored, I'd have just capped off a fine evening. But what what a player! And I think Owen has mentioned it before as well that you know when the legs of the Linden and the Brad and the Jamies came through at a, at that particular time, I suppose I wouldn't say it was perhaps easier, but I mean the situation was different then. And so far as that, perhaps Korean as a club and a team weren't challenging in the same manner as they have been over the last number of seasons. So for the management and also the players to put their trust in a Patrick coming on and playing a game when they're challenging at the top of the league speaks volumes too, because the situation is different from when Lyndon made his debut. Yeah. There's probably less expectation in the club. Um, whenever likes of Lyndon and Adam breakthrough, whereas now we're challenging the trophies as well. And, and I remember Warren, I think he said it on the podcast or said it us after the game that when a player comes through now, he has to be as good or as better as a Linden or as good or better as an orange trainer or, or show the potential to be as better as that there. And Patrick Kelly, you know, if a player there, I've seen him in training as well. He nutmegs them boys and, and holds them off. And you look what he done on the pitch against the full-time team like Lauren. So, you know, the, the whole the whole world's ahead of him and um, he'll, be, he'll be buzzing now. And the shirt's his, in my opinion. He, he's played well and Obviously, yes, as Lyndon said, a three-game week now. We've, we've coming up here again. He might not start all three games, but what a player you have there, and he can probably play in two or three different positions as well, which helps us. Mm, it's like a new signing. But, um, <clears throat> uh, Lyndon, that would be fair to say that circumstances are slightly different now than from when you uh, broke into the side because you look around the club and it, it has come an awful long way. I mean, you look at the, the change in the pitch is obviously one and the ground and the work that goes on behind the scenes and the social media and the promotion of the clubs, even the numbers of fans coming into the club. I mean, the club is in a different place now than whenever you sort of made your debut back then. Yeah, without a doubt. I think when I come in, like the likes of me and Adam and Brad and Jamie and that come into the side, I think Corey and we're floating. I think the season before we came in, they were 11th, 10th, and then it was like 9th and... So it was, as you were saying, it was probably easier. It was easier for Orn to throw us in, but it was also hard for him because if he didn't get results, then probably he was going to be the one that paid the price at that time. But um, now that you're up challenging, as you say, someone coming in has to be as good as the player that they want to replace. Because if not, it's, it's so hard for Orn to put someone in if you're not at that level. And again, it's hard to get to that level as well. Like reserve football is good, but it is hard to get to that level. But it's just one of them ones where it's it's just a fine line now. Where if you're good enough, you'll come up and play. Um, and I think Patrick showed that. So Patrick has to be a template now for other people, um, yeah. which play in our reserve team as well. That 
just shows like a year ago, I think he was playing for the under 18s or a year and a half ago, just before COVID. And now he's at a level where now he's, he trains with us week in, week out. And he's he's now considered like he, Patrick's a first team player and he's got a first team number. And he's he's made six, seven appearances now this season. That is, as you say, he's an example in the same way as you were probably an example for the likes of PK when he was younger. Now PK is going to be an example for the other guys coming up through the academy. But I suppose central to it all is the likes of, of, of Oren, you know, as a manager, he's been there for the whole duration. Um, you've been the Oren effect, Lyndon. I know you have a very sort of good, close relationship with Oren. I mean, just, you know, how, what sort of a, a man is he? Because I know that during your difficult times with the injuries and stuff that I think he went above and beyond just being a football manager to you, didn't he? Yeah, he done he done everything and, and so much more and more than what you would actually expect because obviously you see him three times a week, but he would have went out of his way to ring you or text you or come and see you at any point in the week if you were finding it difficult. So like he's brilliant for, for everyone as well. And it's not just the younger players or like, like the PKs now or it's every, every individual player. He'll have his own way of dealing with people. And I think that's key to they're a successful team because he knows how to manage different people because there's no two people in the changing room that's exactly the same personality-wise or even playing-wise. And he just, I don't know how he does it, but he finds a way to be able to manage and, and keep everyone singing off the same hymn sheet. And I think then that sort of rolls into performances on a Saturday because if he's willing to do stuff for you, then you'll do whatever he asks and more on the pitch in a on a Saturday and a match day? Uh, Johnny, it's incredible, isn't it? Because I think we all know by now and, and we see it and we read it, <clears throat> excuse me, every week, you know, and people across various platforms and stuff always saying about Oren being the best manager in the league, etc. And and I don't really think there's any doubt about that, what he has, what he has done consistently since he's been here over the last decade. Uh, I mean, I, I guess what, what Lyndon's saying, we see it firsthand as well. Yeah, of course. Um, you only have to, to look at his preparations and everything and how he speaks and conducts himself and everything. And the, the rise of professionalism around the club in the last two or three years has developed and that comes down to the first team manager and, and everyone pulling in the same direction. And I was standing beside a first team player at Larne, who, who obviously I won't mention on last Friday night, and he said that Oren was the best manager in the league as well. And you, you also have to look at the, you know, well, one of the best managers in the league. You have to look at, you know, the, the as well, you know, we're competing with full-time teams as well. And, you know, Lyndon and, and Adam and, you know, whoever it may be, Gareth and whoever it may be, you know, and all the players are probably working full-time or working full-time jobs, day five, and then going and turning up and playing against Lauren a couple of hours later. So, whereas Lauren would have had a nice day off and, and lovely meals and, and everything else. So, yeah, look, it's great. And, and Oren, you know, is getting the best out, out, out of the players as well. Well, I guess Lyndon in some ways, I tell me if I'm wrong, but I would suggest that Oren and you as a group of players use what Johnny has just mentioned as motivation each and every time that you go out to the field, and particularly when you're playing the likes of Alarn. Yeah, 100%. You know you're coming up against quality opposition. They're, like, we've got like three, three hours and 15 minutes max training time per week. Alarn, Glenthorn, Linfield, the Crusaders are maybe getting that one day. Um, so the time we get on a training night on a Tuesday and Thursday, we have to use that wisely. And I think we do do that. And like you can tell when you're coming up against the full-time team as well, that they've worked on like a lot of things, like more shape and even set pieces, which is key now in the game as well. But you just have to be well set up. And I think that's one thing about our change room is we've just got a, a group of players that, that want to work hard and we have a never say day attitude and it's like I think even even going back to last year like a Maribor game or something that's just one of them ones where you always fancy yourself to do well um, you're never beat and it's just one of them ones if you work as hard as you can and we pull together as a team then hopefully we can do well and like people always mention like oh part-time teams will fall away and fall away but it's our job as players and, and management obviously and the coaches and that to to make sure that we don't fall away and do everything we can to, to keep this club up where it deserves to be 
And do you do extra away from those evenings that you meet as a group then? Is there an, an onus on the individuals to perhaps do that a little bit extra then? Yeah, it's, but it's it's all down to yourself because obviously you know your own body and you know what you need. And like if we have a game on a Saturday and then a game on a Tuesday again, you'll get players, some players will go into the gym and do recovery. I like to go down to the sea and go into the water. Um, but it's all... Again, all players are different and do do their own thing, but it's just making sure that you're ready for the next training night or the next game that you have and you make sure your body's right and you're going to be able to perform at the best of your ability. Mm. I mean, Johnny, it's interesting listening to, to Lyndon there and about the, the difference because I think it was Tomas Cosgrove was chatting afterwards saying about they were going to go back on Monday to training and, and think about the match, etc., etc. And that luxury as Lyndon says, Korean doesn't have, but I think it basically comes down to what Lyndon's saying. You have to have the determination, that hunger, and no amount of full-time training or whatever is going to make up for that, is it? Yeah, true. And I think, you know, and I mentioned this as well in the podcast numerous times, I think the time that Warren has with the players, he makes full advantage of it, and he must do, because of how well they're, they're, they're doing on the pitch as well. And, and yeah, I'm sure if Warren had extra time with the players a few extra days a week, um, God only knows what would happen, but I think you know, for the for three hours, 15 minutes that they do have, they certainly get a lot of work done as well. And I, I listened to a video there the other day where uh, I think it was Darth Dean was saying that the players love going to training. You know, they love seeing each other and, and getting getting preparation in and have, they have it. They work hard for the hour and an hour and a half hours and also in the change room after they have a laugh and everything. So, yeah, look, the change room must be buzzing at the minute. They're in a, they're in a great run. The, the crowds are fantastic at the showgrounds and, you know, you have three or four big massive games coming up as well and, and then they're running into Christmas time as well. So, plenty to look forward to. Yeah, and I mean, as I said, you know, the various uh, reactions to Friday night's game uh, in the newspapers, social media, players, etc. And, you know, sometimes, you know, our fans, Korean fans, get a little bit upset, if you like, or irked that a lot of the focus sometimes when a Korean beat a Larn or something, it, it more of the concentration seems to be in maybe that Larn didn't play well, etc., that type of thing, and Sometimes perhaps people feel that Korean don't get the the praise that they deserve for a performance like a Friday night. Would would that be fair to say, Johnny, or not? Uh, to be honest with you, I think well, from speaking as a fan, and I'm sure the players are the same, they probably don't really care about getting plaudits as long as they get three <laughs> points. That's how I feel. Anyway, I, I love when Korean go under the radar. Um, if everyone wants to, you know, speculate about you know us being Glentorn, like no full-time teams in the, in the last four of the league top or us beating Lauren there on Friday night. So, and, and how the full-time teams should be doing better, so be it. Um, you know, Corey, in, in my opinion, and I've said this again numerous times, we're punching well above our weight in terms of the budget and the full and compete with the full-time teams as it is. And, you know, and if we continue to do that, you know, it comes, it came as no surprise that we're up there because of the manager we have and the players that we have. Um, so, you know, whenever people aren't talking about Corey or whatever, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, it's better <coughs> You know, I, I, I'd rather than talk about us and we just go on, go on, go on, go on about our business the way we're doing. Mm, I suspect you would feel the same, Lyndon, the, the less talk, the better. Yeah, 100%. It's, as Johnny said, it's not about getting plaudits or getting pats in the bag. It's just about, like, if Oren, like, tells us we're doing well or he's happy with our performances, then that's all that really matters. And, again, three points is the key. You go out, they win every game and, Obviously, we had a lot of people said that we had a bad start to the season. We lost our first two games, but it's basically the Larn game. I thought we'd done very well that night and probably deserved some out of the game. Cliftonville, probably, yes, probably one of our worst performances this season so far. But again, maybe deserved some out of the game. So there was no doom and gloom in our changing room or anything like that. And it was just about start working hard again, start grafting, work hard Tuesday, Thursday, and, and things will come. And but as you say, like in regards to the outside talk and stuff, we don't. Even if there was talk, we wouldn't listen to it. But there's no worry from from inside our camp that there's no one talking about us. That's the way to do it. Like I mean, <clears throat> you talk about the team, and I was looking up the other day, and you know, you look like strong in all departments now, and it's that work ethic and that willingness, as you said, that not not wanting to get beat, and you only have to look. You know, with how few goals that you concede, and 
anytime you have a defence like that, you're always in with a chance in games, aren't you? 100%. I think that's one thing we do is we pride ourselves in, in clean sheets to start with because I think there's been one game this season where we haven't scored, which is Carrick away. Um, but we always feel confident that we're going to score. So it's one of them ones you keep a clean sheet, more than likely you're going to win the game. Um, so, and that's obviously, a, it's a big thing for defenders, but as Oren always says as well, and, and it's true, it's it starts from the back. And I think when you see the work rate that our strikers put in, our two wide men, our two centre midfielders, like some of the numbers that you see after games that they've covered and distance-wise, it's it's unbelievable. And obviously it makes things easier for us. And and then when eventually the ball does come forward and things like that, it's, it's our job. That's that's what we're there to do. And Garth Dean's there to save shots and keep clean sheets. And obviously you get plaudits for it, but it's a thing that we really pride ourselves in. And uh, hopefully we can, I think we're actually close to how many clean sheets we had last year already. But it's something that we don't want to stop. We want to beat beat last year's record and then and keep moving on and keep moving on and <clears throat> as I said the more clean sheets you keep the, the more likely you're going to win more games How got it where you to concede on Friday because it, it looked like a poor goal to concede Ah no it was disappointing and especially it was one of them ones where at 0-0 in the game I thought we'd done very well and we kept the ball well but once we scored then we stopped and then that's when Lauren started to get a, a small foothold in the game and I think it was one of them ones where they kind of broke our midfield press and as a defence, we didn't know whether they step up or like, go and close the ball or drop off. And then eventually when someone did uh, step in and you've got a player like Mark Randall who like he's just played a, he's played an unbelievable pass and I think he's from Ben. It just, obviously, it's disappointing. But then after that, then we've got back to basics of keeping the ball moving it shifting them and and then we score again so um it was disappointing because i think we got this on like eight hours was it in the sixth or eighth mm-hmm. minute or something i heard someone mention that but again we have to go again now and, and try and set more things like that and i don't know dinsey as well we all keep him going i don't think he's he hasn't made a save in about six weeks but <laughs> um, hopefully it stays that he, way he, as well, he, he's, he's getting his money easy isn't he oh, he's he's just certainly there was a couple of games there where he could have just pulled the deck chair out <laughs> but it wasn't even that the team were having shots we were just throwing ourselves in front of it and that so nah what a keeper he is as well to be fair he's he's pulled us out a whole many times and hopefully long may it continue been very good Johnny you know, London's talking about the defence, etc. But, you know, you go further forward and you have Stevie Lowry and Josh Carson just anchoring that midfield. And then you've got the likes of Conor McKendry and McLachlan just basically seemingly doing whatever they want to do is probably not quite as, as easy going as that. And then the guys up front. I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it, that despite players coming and going, that Oren always somehow manages to fashion an effective team out of the players that he has at his, his disposal. Yeah, we, we never really know when, when we're beaten as well. And I think, you know, you only have to look up front. The, the work ethic that Matthew Shevlin puts in night, probably Friday night when I noticed that most, he chased, a, there was a ball in the first half. And, you know, I thought he would have needed to be an airplane to get it, but somehow he got it right in the corner and I think he wanted to throw it up the pitch. So the work start, the hard work starts at the front. And it was refreshing, after watching Man United and Rangers recently, it was refreshing to see London talking about being disappointed and not keeping a clean sheet after eight hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think as well, but I think, and he might disagree with me as well, but I think, I nearly think conceding the home goal probably isn't the worst thing in the world just because people are like, oh, when are they going to concede? Are they ever going to concede? And it's done now. Um, it was a great ball by, by Mark Randall and, and the turn and finish by Ben was extraordinary, to be fair to him. It was a great finish. But, you know, after that there, and, to be honest, and as well as that there, from a defensive point of view, I thought if there was going to be a fifth goal in the game, I thought it was going to be Korean. I think, obviously, Garth Dean makes a great save from David McDaid later on. Um, but apart from that there, I don't... And, the, and McDaid had a chance before, before half-time, but not there. I don't really think Lauren overly threatened that much as well. So, yeah, and we're poking at the other end as well. We're, we're up there with one of the top goal scorers in the league. And, and as well as that, because we, we said about it too, we'd probably need to add more goals in our game um, at the end of last season. And, you know, we're now sitting there top goal scorers as well. So he's got, Orange seems to have the perfect balance between 
Talking about the attacking areas, Lyndon, I have to mention Connor McKendry. I mean, he's a player that you came up against last year, I think, when Corian played Lauren towards the end of the season. And I'm probably right in thinking, am I, that, you know, he was a difficult opponent for you that afternoon. And, I mean, did you have a hand, perhaps, in Sandy Orn, if you could get him, get him in? <laughs> um, I did. I had a tough afternoon that day, to be fair to him. Um, I'm not surprised now after training with him and, and seeing him play now and like every week. But it I was after about a couple of weeks after that, I remember Warren texting me and saying that he was obviously interested in him and he was maybe going to be part of the band deal and stuff like that. And I, my first words to Warren was against everyone who I played against last year and like Joel, even including Joel Cooper, that Connor was the one that I thought was like the toughest they play against and stuff. Um, and if there was a chance to sign him, then without a doubt. And I actually joked with Connor, me and Connor were actually joking in the tunnel before the game on Friday night. And then I said to him, I was like, I've got you a move to Corey in by, <laughs> by that performance in the last game of the season. But nah, he's been, he's been outstanding. And for one, I'm glad that I don't have to mark him maybe four times a year. Um, some of the things you see him do, even in training and... Like the amount of shots he gets away, his low centre of gravity, he just beats men at ease. And we've we've got a good relationship building up now on the right hand side where I know that at times I can just give him the ball and just, just let him go. And that's what he wants as well. He wants space and he knows I'll be there if if he needs me or I'll be around him or whatever. But no, I'm enjoying playing alongside him and He's one of them. He's one of them players as well, where he works so hard for the team, and it might go unnoticed. But like, there's maybe ones where I go on a run, and the ball goes out of play. They play a quick goal kick or a quick throw in, and I'll look up, and Connor will be standing in the right back position as well. So, like, that's key as well. And I think you can see that all over the pitch. We've got relationships building up now, and obviously in performances now, you're starting to to see all that come out. Yeah, he looks. He's like a breath of fresh air, I suppose, down here, and. I always laugh, Johnny and I, you know, we always talk to Orn and Orn always said that when he, in his first couple of games, he was like, you know, like a young lamb or something that was just led out onto the field because he hadn't played an awful lot for Larn. And then Orn brought him down here with a, the promise that he'll play more more games. And you can just see he's just like a young fella, just delighted to be able to play football now. And it shows in the way that he plays. Yeah, without a doubt, he's, he's just one of them players where he loves having the ball at his feet. And even at training, you know, he just loves being on the ball and loves making things happen. And as you say, obviously, he came home from he came home from that switch and signed for Larn, and obviously didn't play as much as he wanted to. He got a bad injury when he came home as well. I think he was out for nine months. Uh, he'd done his ACL. So so even to come back from something like that as well, like he's, he's mentally tough and... Like again, I just hope we keep seeing the performances that he's putting on because he's one of them players where he's going to get the fans off their seat, and obviously people enjoy watching him. And like he he brings something different to us as well. Um, and I think him and Glax are now thriving, kind of in a partnership. Obviously, they're on opposite wings, but you'll see either of them floating to the other side and and playing a lot of one twos, and they like linking up together. And he's probably brought about out in Glax's game as well. And Glax has now started adding goals too, which, listen, for for some, if you want to be up there challenging or winning trophies, then you need everyone chipping in. I think connor has got four or five, Glax now has three, and that's key for the team. You've got, you've got one. <laughs> I've got one. Trainer's got two, but so I'm behind them in that. Trainer hasn't scored in a while, so maybe you're taking over from him. But... Uh... Johnny, London's right what he's saying that there are and you can see relationships and the one between Glax and McKendry is very exciting to watch because they're both similar kind of players. They like taking people on. If you're an opposition player, Korea must be a, a horrible team to play against. You've got players like that. You have Shevlin up front and then you've got that defence. That's, that's a, a good combination Korean have. Yeah, they're, they're good to watch. Um, I even think if you're in neutral, you'd probably like to go and watch um, Corey in the minute, especially uh, Glags and, and Connor. They, they link up well, and you only have to look at the goal. Um, they scored in the League Cup against them four in the first one, straight from a corner. I think there was three passes, bang, goal. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Linda made a really, really great point. I think Connor's brought the best out of Glags. I think Glags is bringing the best out of Connor as well. 
you know, you, you look even like, I think Lags has taken more shots on because Connor has more shots. Uh, maybe that's just, uh, maybe, maybe I'm talking through my, through my hoop, but I just think that Lags get more efforts on goal now. And I think, you know, Connor, he, he loves a shot, but if you don't shoot, you don't score. And I know he made a really good point after the match and, um, on Friday night. He, he said, you know, yes, Connor got a bit lucky with the deflection and the ricochet, whatever it may be, but if Connor didn't take the shot on, it wouldn't have been a goal. So, yeah, look, if, if, them, if them two can weigh in, if even, I don't want to put any pressure on, if they could even weigh in with 15, 16 goals of Finland for the end of the season, uh, God only knows where it could take us. Mm. Anyway, this weekend, guys, we're talking about another, well, it's another three-game week coming up. Uh, Lyndon, you don't need me to remind you, you've got some big <laughs> games coming up. Um, Cliftonville Saturday, Glentorn Tuesday, and then Linfield next Saturday. All three games at home, Three massive, massive games, but I guess it's it's a cliche. But these are the games that you want to be involved in as a as a footballer, aren't they? Oh, hundred percent. It's these are the games that you look forward to, especially like when you see the likes of the crowd and on Friday night um, against Lauren. Like in regards to this Saturday, you're playing Clevenville. Clevenville's top of the league. They're going to travel in numbers, and like it's the game up there was a decent game and. <laughs> But we probably didn't do ourselves justice. So it's one of them ones where we want to put on a performance now and hopefully make the fans happy. And we're not really thinking about Tuesday or next Saturday. No. Um, it's just one of them ones where it's like full focus ahead on like the game ahead. Like we want to win and, and close the gap again and, and try and move forward from that. The Cliftonville game <clears throat> earlier in the season was one of two defeats obviously the other one was Lauren in the opening day of the season you've avenged that one um, you'll probably want to put Cliftonville right but I would suggest to you that the team is a somewhat different now than it was that day at Solitude I think from memory did you go three at the back that day to start with or something it just didn't quite you aren't these are a more settled side now than you were then I think it's fair to say yeah that night we went I think it was a three at the back, so it carried over from the first game against Lauren. It probably worked in the first game against Lauren, probably for 70 minutes. Um, and then we we went the same formation again, but obviously Orm was, was quick enough and on the ball, they, they switch it. Um, probably our game management that night, I would say if we'd have drew that game 0-0, it would have probably been a, a fair enough result. They maybe had one or two more clear-cut chances. Um, but probably our game management, couple of sloppy goals um, mm-hmm. probably cost us that night a couple of mistakes but it's one of them ones where you learn from it and, and now as you say like the likes of Connors got an extra 12-14 games behind them and even the rest of the players and building relationships Rodney Brown's playing more games uh, like Chevy scored more goals since then and, and stuff like that so hopefully we can just we can take Friday night's performance against Lauren and, and move it on on the Saturday and, and see where it takes us yeah, Johnny, top of the table, first v second. It doesn't get any better. Um, <clears throat> at this stage, indications, ticket-wise, I mean, again, are we looking at a, a bumper crowd again on Saturday? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the biggest winner um, the last four games, is, or the last one in the next three, is going to be Colin McKendry. He's going to be loving it. Um, but, yeah, look, that's testament to the, the players. That the, the crowds are coming out in their numbers. They, they, they go and watch them and... You know, we had a lot of school kids watching them on Friday night against Lauren, and uh, there's been plenty of tweets saying, "Oh, can't wait to come back! Really enjoyed my first Korean game, and, and that's what you want. They have to get out on it some way." And yeah, I'd imagine another big bumper crowd on Saturday. There was three and a half thousand for the game on Friday night, so and then around that number uh, or north of that, there would be another fantastic uh, um, attendance figure for us. And it's vital when you get a good crowd in like that, over three and a half thousand. It's important to give them something then to go away with it. They think, I want to go back again. And I thought, I read some of Warren's comments. He had been mentioned that he had been at a school hurling match on the afternoon and a couple of former uh, school players for him had mentioned to Warren that they were going down to the Korean match on the Friday night. I think maybe for some of them, it was their first Korean game. Uh, So you can imagine those guys going down, getting a taste of that, big crowd night uh, game going away with the win that would only encourage them guys to come back again 
Yeah, of course. And you have to look at the facilities as well. Um, the pitch is in good shape. There's been a rejig around oh. the around the changing rooms and around there's a new screen up. There's catering facilities everywhere. And I just think there's going to be more improvements, obviously, as, as money gets released and as time goes on as well. I think there's plans to, to knock down the wall and, and open everything up. So, yeah, there, they, fans, would, if that was the first time, they would a taste of it. Um, Irish League, it's special in my eyes. It, it's players, you know, who you would see down the street or, you know, you might work with or you might know their granny or something, you know. That's just how it is. And, and yeah, look, I, I thought the game was a good game on, on Friday night as well. I thought both teams tried to knock about. Uh, Corey and I, I've noticed Corey and knocking the ball out from the, from the back a bit more as well. And yeah, look, and, and Clinville are exact same. They're a good footballing team as well. Pai and McLaughlin, they play, they play the ball you know, fantastic with the ball as well. And so, yeah, look, it's going to be set up for another big game and, and hopefully we can get another three points. And a lot of attacking threats too <clears throat> for the likes of Lyndon to be wary off. I thought that first game, Jamie McDonough, that night was very instrumental for, for Cliftonville. And, of course, with the likes of Joe Gormley up front as well and Ryan Curran, you know, Lyndon and the guys are going to be very busy on, on, on Saturday. Yeah, um, a clean sheet against Cliftonville would be some testament to the, to the boys if, if they can get it. Obviously, Ryan Curran, he scored a goal. He got two against Glenavon, but I think it's his second one where he takes a ball out from the air and hits it into the... Like, if that was any other league in the world, that would be shown countless times. That was technically... Like, I would probably break my leg if my leg went up that high, so I don't know how he controlled that ball. And Yeah, Jimmy McDonough, um, he gave probably Aaron Trainer a tough night up in Solitude the last time he played them. Um, he can cross a ball fantastically well. Um, I watched them against Lumpkin um, at the start of the season as well, and they put one on the plate for Joe Gormley. So, yeah, really, really good player. And I think if Daniel Kearns on the left as well, he'll be um, up against, he could be up against Lyndon. You've, you've Chris Curran as well. And, you know, they have, a, they have a massive squad there as well, full of quality players. So, yeah, it's not only up to, to Lyndon, obviously, it's the back four and the rest of the team to, to try and keep them away. Mm, but I, I think, Lyndon, <clears throat> fair to say, you know, from our experiences of talking to opposition players and management, I don't think nobody ever likes coming up to Korea for a game. And, and given your home record, that's something that as players and management and supporters, we're all keen to, to, to make Korea a fortress, aren't we? Yeah, that's it. It's your home form's testament. Um, and it's key if you want to do well. Obviously, you pick up a lot of points away from home as well. But if you can strike up a good home form um, and make it a hard place to come, then that's all you want. And like we want people dreading coming to the showgrounds or not wanting to come to the showgrounds. Obviously, a lot of people used to dread coming to the showgrounds because of the pitch. Um, <laughs> obviously, the pitch is different now. But if we can put on performances like we put on on Friday night and then that's all you can do and, and make, make it really hard for teams as well and... Listen, the facilities we have now at the club and what the club have done for us, it, it makes it enjoyable. And like, it's now a hub where we used to train at the uni Tuesday, Thursday and be at the showgrounds just on a Saturday. Whereas now we're there, we're there three times a week and you've got the full tunnels now ours. We've got our gym, our medical room, our sauna, our changing rooms, your own booths and all in the changing rooms as well. So now everything's... Everything's hopefully moved forward and hopefully we can keep making the showgrounds a hard place to come. And then, and then I must ask you, what's it like uh, as a local player? You're going to be, um, I know it's a few years away, but your testimonial, when Oren comes up and obviously a new deal with the your testimonial <laughs> as well, at the age of, you think you're going to be 26, 27 with any of the testimonial? That just seems a wee bit, a wee bit weird, doesn't it? Uh, when, when I was speaking to Oren about the new deal and that, it was a it was kind of one of them ones where I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, and then he was like, oh, three-year deal takes you to your testimonial. And I was kind of like, I'll be 27. So, <laughs> no, it was, it was quite, I don't know, it caught, caught me a wee bit of a surprise. But, no, nah, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, it's, I'm, I'm doing what, like, I always dreamt of doing. And, like, I've always wanted to play. I always wanted to play for Corey when I was growing up. And I'm lucky enough to be now seven years uh, and doing it and hopefully touch wood everything goes well from now until like the end of the deal and like I get to my 10 years and listen it'll be unbelievable and I think obviously for my family and that they go home and away and like my grandma my dad my mum sister and they love it as well so now it's it's unreal like and obviously for Owen to show that faith in me and they offer me that and, and they take me to my testimonial too it's testament to him and 
Robbie Collin as well and everyone at the club. So, no, nah, thankful for it. Do you think you could nearly get two testimonials? You'd be 27, you could probably play to your 37. That's it. I was actually speaking to Dean about that. I was like, I'm definitely having two testimonials. Like, but <laughs> I imagine that there, go to Dougie's age and beyond. So, is that something? Is that something that no? Well, not so much. Not joking about the two testimonials, but in terms of long-term career plans, etc. I mean, do you look at longevity? Do you look at the career appearances record for for the club? And and is that something that's in on the long-term horizon? A hundred percent. It's on that. I think obviously if I didn't have my injuries and that, I think it would be probably 300, 300 plus. Um, and then I would have been a lot closer. Um, it's probably a tough ask, I would say. It probably has to be like 35 games a year for the next 10 years um, to even get close to it. But no, obviously for me, that would be like a dream come true. Like they say that, even they say that you're one of the highest appearance uh, holders for like your hometown club would be unbelievable. Um, so I just for now, for me, it's just the enjoyment of playing. Like I miss so much. Um, I think I missed on like 18 out of 24 months um, so for me it's just now I just look forward to every single game or it's even friendly games as well obviously they don't count towards your parents record but even when you get a game of, of any sort you just look forward to playing and, and you're just enjoying every moment as if it's uh, is your last game as well That's crazy Johnny do you think London can he do it do you think? He missed it. It is a tough ask, and, and I, I'd love to see him do it. Obviously, he's missed out in the, the nearly two years worth of football, and mm-hmm. and, and the and the the heartbreaking thing of winning the Irish Cup final was seeing him and, and Josh in the suits that day rather than on the pitch. They, they played such a, a big part of, of our season as well, and they probably partied just as hard as the players right now. Well, my my abiding memory of that is London partying with the the crutches. I know, I know, but. But whenever we won the League Cup, uh, I think it was London at right back and Josh at left back that night as well. And it was just sort of nice to see the two fellows who were full back, you know, going up and, and finally lifting silverware, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, look, it'll be some ass they, they get that. But at the same time, uh, I'm sure they'd rather have more medals in the bank than maybe appearances and or near appearance uh, records. That's very true. And, and and just talking about medals, I mean, obviously Irish Cup, League Cup, the one that is... Absent there, runners up twice in the league, Lyndon. I mean, obviously that remains the target for everybody within the club, doesn't it? Yeah, but obviously even more so now, it's even tougher um, <laughs> with like the full-time clubs and stuff. But again, it's something that you, you'll never say that you don't want to win a league every, every year you go out, whether you're... A bottom set club or a top set club, if someone asks you what you want to achieve at the end of the year, obviously you want to be standing with a league trophy and a medal around your neck. So, isn't it something that we'll strive towards? Well, or like, who knows when it could happen? It could happen in 10 years' time or it could happen in five years' time. You just never know. But as a player, it's something, listen, if, if you don't want to win a league, then I don't like why are you playing football as well? So, um, just medals in general, I just want to win as much as much as we can because as a club I think we have enough quality in our change room they they win they win trophies and I think at the when you look back on it at the end of your career you know what I say I finished second three times and I was beating four cup finals and I've only mm-hmm. one medal to show for it you just want to do as much as possible so we just need to keep working hard as a squad and as a club in general and, and hopefully it takes us in the right direction well, I think as you're going in the right direction and you have been for the past number of years and certainly nobody can fault anybody's efforts you know, for, for trying and with a bit of luck and, and everything going well, it would be lovely to see because I think and Johnny and maybe and I have talked about it before and I know it's it doesn't work that way but sometimes you know, it would be nice to see a group of players sometimes deserving something uh, and <laughs> Johnny, that, you know, would I be right in saying that, that this group of players and management, it, it would be a, a fitting tribute if they were to go and win a league title sometime in the future, in the near future? I think even Balmina fans or whoever may be, and I know football rivalry is good, I, I don't think anyone could begrudge probably going if they've ever done it. I think the year, you know, Crusaders put this to the league, 
I still maintain if we James McLaughlin that year, we'd have turned a few of them draws and the wins. Um, we probably just had too many. We did. We just had too, we only lost one game, but we had far too many draws. The league, the time the league was cut short with COVID. Um, who knows? I think Limfield had Larn and us before the split, <coughs> or something. Two tricky games, I think, before the split, and who knows what would have happened? I think the gap was only four points. Uh, and and last year, um, obviously, we just couldn't, you know, probably gain probably draws and, and everything else. But I think as well, you know, we finished it, and I've said this in the podcast today again. I think you know they they even sort of be disappointed not on the league just shows how far we've come and. I think there's no reason why we can't go and, and challenge there again in the next couple of years. Yeah, I believe. I believe myself that it's, you know, people around the club believe and the players believe, the management believe, and I think the supporters believe. So there's no reason why it ain't going to happen. So here, guys, it's been a, a good afternoon's chat. I think, Lyndon, you, you're having to go. So I'd just say, like to say thank you very much for your time. Um, you're always very, very gracious with your time anytime that the club and anybody in the... The media team needs you uh, or wants to speak to you. So for that, thank you very much. Um, good luck on Saturday. Uh, another clean much. sheet would be good. And make sure Deansy doesn't have much to do now. Uh, well, that's the plan. If, if we can keep uh, Deansy to a minimum, then hopefully we can kick on and win the game. So, no, thanks for having me today as well. Brilliant. Lyndon, thank you. Johnny, thank you. And uh, hopefully, who would you want? Just Johnny United, who do you want as a manager? I don't say you're um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think whoever comes in is going to have the same hands restraints, to be honest. The owners have spent money, but they just don't know how to run a football club. So you can toss a coin with that one. I'm more interested in who I'm going to put the, the goal scoring um, reins on now. So Stevie O'Donnell hasn't scored this season, uh, if memory serves me right. So he's due one. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a few lovely expletive words sent to me um, whenever he <laughs> scores. So we'll go for that. We'll go for <clears> Stevie O'Donnell. There we go. That you heard it here first, guys. Stevie O'Donnell for to score on Saturday and on the podcast next week. So, guys, we'll we'll leave we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much to the two guests today. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, as ever, good luck to Orn and the boys this weekend. Come on, the Bansiders. Bye.